0: On today's edition of Locked On LSU, what do we as LSU fans need to know about this Auburn game? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? And what's the biggest storyline surrounding this Auburn football program involving Brian Harson? We'll get into that with the host of Locked On Auburn, Zach Blackerby, and so much more on today's edition of Locked On LSU. You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Locked On LSU your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And I also want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. online where the game starts.
1: Time now for a little crossover. Locked on Auburn, locked on LSU. I'm Zach Blackerby, Caroline Fenton. This is a really interesting one. And it seems like every time Auburn and LSU play, something weird happens, right? It's never just like a normal game. It's in Jordan here, stadium. So everybody's counting the Auburn Tigers out, Caroline. But I think this is a perfect setting for something weird to happen.
0: And... I am everyone. I am that one person that is counting Auburn out. I think I've seen all mm. all that I've needed to see. And at this point, I'm saying, why Why hold on to Brian Harson? You know, his, his, the clock is ticking on his tenure anyway. Yeah. But you just said the exact thing that I have been scared of all week because everyone's saying, oh, well, Auburn sucks this year, so else he's going to be fine. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, for sure. Because I'm so worried about that weird thing that is inevitable, whether that's the comeback game a couple of years ago and going all the way back, you know, the barn burner game, the earthquake game. They're just like you said, it can't just be a regular game. There always has to be something wild or crazy or not even just like a weird play, like a totally off the wall weird thing that's going to happen. I'm hoping this year for just a football game just LSU to go in there and take care of business. But unfortunately yeah. something strange seems inevitable, but that's what makes this, this matchup fun.
1: Yeah. I mean, just from the Auburn perspective, I mean, you, you kind of nailed it as far as the biggest storyline going into it is how long is Brian Harson Auburn's head coach? Mm-hmm. Is, is it after this weekend? Uh, is it after Auburn goes to Athens to take on Georgia next weekend? And there's a bye week That's kind of what a lot of people are thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, it seems like he he's a dead man walking at this point. Um, But there is part, there's a small part of the Auburn fan base is like, well, what if he does get it done this weekend? And what if he, you know, maybe not in Athens, but maybe, you know, you give him a chance when you go see the Mississippi schools this year. Um, It's interesting. But Caroline, my biggest thing is like he was coaching for his job last week Mm -hmm. and the week before at Penn State. We all know how that Penn State game went—total disaster. And then somehow. The Missouri win felt just as bad. Very, very odd ending of a game. So this isn't a guy that's shown that when he's back into a corner, he's going to like suddenly whip out a great game plan like Gus Malzahn did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not really expecting anything crazy to happen offensively. That's the biggest thing I'm looking for on Saturday. Can can he change that? And I'm not sure that he can.
0: And that's kind of been my question about Brian Harson is, is there anything that he can do to save his job? Because okay. I said last week going into that Auburn, Missouri matchup, I said a win over Missouri isn't gonna save Brian Harson's job. Yeah, it makes their season look a whole heck of a lot better. Mm. But it's one the way that you win. Because if Auburn dominates Missouri, then Auburn fans probably feel a whole lot better about their football team. But just the way that it all panned out, you know, if if that ball doesn't get fumbled in the end zone, we have a much different conversation and you're conversations on your shows this week are probably so much different. So is there anything that Brian Harsin can do to save his job? I mean, if he wins the iron bowl kind of feels silly to fire him, but Mm -hmm. also it's not just on the field stuff. I mean, with the recruiting and everything off the field. So my question for you, Zach, is there anything that Brian Harsin can do, including this weekend against LSU that can save his job that he can, you know, live to die another day?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think Caroline, the biggest thing is Auburn has to find a way to score points. And like they haven't scored a full touchdown, they haven't scored a full seven points in the second half in like his last either five or six Power Five opponents. And, like that's that's a big deal. Am so, like,
0: I wrong that Auburn has yet to score a touchdown with a wide receiver?
1: Uh, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. They've got a passing touchdown to a tight end.
0: Ooh, okay.
1: A passing touchdown to a running back, but that is um, that is it. So okay. Yeah, and, and I don't think it's anything wrong. With the wide receivers, Caroline, I I think Auburn, I think Auburn has talent and I actually think the quarterbacks aren't near as bad as everyone's making them out to be. The offensive line is giving up pressure at a historic, at a historic rate.
0: Oh no. I saw the, the TJ Finley retweet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The retweet (laughs) turned around the world.
0: And I know TJ Finley spent some time at LSU. He was there his true freshman season. And I think that. Auburn fans might be seeing from T.J. Finley what we saw when he was at LSU was that first start that he had against South Carolina in 2020. He balled out. He looked great. And it wasn't even just good game for a true freshman. It was a solid game, and he dominated most of that game. And then he turns around in his next start, and then he starts making questionable decisions. He's not taking care of the football. Um, So I think that Auburn fans are kind of starting to see the two sides of T.J. Finley, although he has a whole lot of talent. It doesn't always come through, and sometimes you see some of the, that irresponsible de- decision making from him.
1: Well, well, and and some Auburn fans would be like, well, we've only really seen one side of T.J. Finley. Have we seen that other side? And I don't think we've really been able to mm-hmm. because the scheme has been so limiting, and the offensive line has been just uh, a total Achilles' heel for this offense. What is what's the LSU perspective going into this? You know, you, you mentioned you yeah. think Auburn's bad this year. It's hard to argue against that. What, what, no is, what, you try to, what is LSU trying to accomplish when they come to Jordan here on Saturday?
0: Yeah, I think that probably a lot of Auburn fans or really just college football fans in general, a lot of what they saw, the last thing that they saw from LSU was probably that Sunday night in New Orleans against Florida State. And I'm here to tell everyone who hasn't seen LSU since then that this looks like a different team, that they have made – a whole lot of the changes and adjustments that they needed to make. And that's not just personnel because you mentioned the offensive line woes at Auburn LSU has been experiencing the same thing. You saw that on Sunday night against Florida uh, against Florida state and new Orleans, that Jaden Daniels just couldn't be comfortable in the pocket for a single second because the offensive line was giving up so much pressure. So LSU made a bunch of adjustments in the offensive line. They made three, Line changes in three games. They finally found at least a little bit of consistency on the offensive line, including two true freshmen at tackle, which was not on my bingo card for this year. Um, And I think you've seen Jaden Daniels start to find some consistency and start to find a little bit more confidence. Uh, LSU's been lucky to be able to play two – lower level or easier opponents over the past three weeks in Southern and week two in New Mexico and week four. And in those two games, Jaden Daniels really took it upon himself to make himself uncomfortable to sit back in the pocket. There are a few instances against Southern and New Mexico and even against Mississippi state where I, Thought, saw that he wanted probably to just run off, but he decided to sit back and go through his progressions and utilize the passing game a little bit more. And against New Mexico, he wasn't the leading rusher. So that was a good thing for me, albeit having a very mobile quarterback in Jaden Daniels. It's overall a good thing, but I wanted to start to see this offense get a little bit more balanced and show off its playmakers on the ground and in the air. And they've been starting to do that. So I think offensively, the biggest storyline is They're starting to find their mojo. They're starting to find their chemistry, which we didn't see week one or the rest of the college football world hasn't seen since week one. And I think defensively, that's the biggest story with LSU. I know there's uh, been dominant. Yeah, go
1: ahead. Yeah, sorry, Caroline. I I know there was a lot of talk and a lot of public criticism about Brian Kelly after that first loss. have, um, Have things kind of snapped back? Is the LSU fan base behind him again?
0: I would say so, and I would look at that loss to Florida State, and there are so many nitpicky things that you can look at. You know, the the two muffed puns, the special teams issues, the blocked field goal, the blocked yeah. po- extra point. The fact that this team just didn't look ready um, is the biggest thing for me, and that falls in the coaching staff. So while I can nitpick the X's and O's, I looked at the coaching staff to be the reason why this team just wasn't prepared and wasn't ready against that Florida State team. And I think that the win against Mississippi State – erased a whole lot of that and I think the fact that we've seen improvement week over week has shown okay maybe the Florida State game is a little bit more of a fluke than it is a definition of the rest of this this LSU season so I think overall the LSU fan base has you know has tempered the expectations for this season one and also the frustration with Brian Kelly and the rest of his coaching staff for them being able to show improvement week over week I think fans are starting to have a little bit more confidence in what this coaching staff and this team can do
1: Caroline, let's talk about some of these matchups that'll make or break this game in just a moment. Right here on this Locked On crossover with Locked On Auburn and Locked On LSU. Caroline, the line, and our friends at BetOnline, uh, it's LSU minus eight and a half. It opened at seven. It has moved to eight and a half. It may move more in LSU's favor between now and Saturday. What's your gut reaction to this one? I'm thinking LSU covers.
0: And that's not a homer take from me. I think LSU covers just because i it's not as much of a testament to LSU's offense as it is to LSU's defense versus Auburn's offense. I think it's going to be incredibly difficult for Auburn to put up points because the offense has been struggling throughout the year, and also this LSU defense is just that good. So I right. am going to take LSU to cover.
1: Uh, over under 45? That seems high to me. I just don't think Auburn's going to be scoring a whole lot.
0: I, uh, I would take the under there. You got I would take the under there because LSU's offense has been improving as I mentioned, but they're still not putting up, you know, Tennessee level types of numbers. They put up 38 against New Mexico, whereas they probably could have, you know, 50, 60, if they really wanted to. So I would take the under there just because I think these are two offenses that aren't incredibly high powered.
1: Yeah. BetOnline has all the lines, odds, props that you could ever want. Be sure to check out our friends, BetOnline; online it's where the game starts.
0: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Caroline, looking at matchups at this game. It, I've said it a million times this week. I've said it several times today. It's all To me, it's all about how many points can Auburn score. And I just don't see them being able to score more than 20 points reliably against most SEC teams. They went into Missouri wanting to run the football. And everyone... Everyone has been able to run on Missouri, and then Auburn wasn't able to with Tank Biggs being Jarquez Hunter. Obviously a concern, your starting center going into the season goes down, which makes matters worse. And so to me, a big matchup is Tank Biggs being Jarquez Hunter, Auburn's running backs, versus the LSU defensive front from a rush defense perspective. How do you see that one going? Yeah, that,
0: when Brian Kelly spoke with the media on Monday in his opening statements about Auburn, Tank Bigsby was the first player that he mentioned because he said that Tank Bigsby is going to give us issues as he's continued to give SEC defenses issues throughout his entire tenure at Auburn. Um, I, LSU has found a whole lot of success stopping the run. Yeah. So the biggest concern on this LSU defense is the secondary. It's comprised almost completely of transfer portal players, and they're just trying to figure themselves out. But I think... Whenever LSU faces a, a, an offense that's most talented in the run game, I would say Auburn classifies as such. That's where they find their most defensive success because of that front seven, because it is such a wall up front. So I see Tank Bixby, you know, I don't know what the over under, his over under, you know, rush yards are expected, but I would see this being a, a difficult matchup for Tank Bixby. But, you know, you mentioned the Auburn offense versus the LSU defense. This Auburn defensive front, this front four, is able to get pressure on the quarterback. I think that's something that gets a little bit buried under – Excuse Ooh. me. Oh, my goodness. I just knocked my mic over. It's okay. Um, this is a uh, an Auburn defense that is able to get pressure on the quarterback. And this is an LSU yeah. offensive line that's still trying to figure itself out. This is an, uh, an LSU quarterback in Jaden Daniels that has shown that when he's pressured – He's sometimes make mistakes. I think that's another element here is this Auburn defensive front being able to get to the quarterback and put pressure on Jaden Daniels.
1: Yeah. And I think that's interesting for two different reasons, Caroline. One is the the mobile quarterback aspect Mm -hmm. at all of this, because Auburn has had a hard time. They'll get pressure, but containment has been an issue and Mm -hmm. they have played against quarterbacks that are nowhere near as mobile as Jaden Daniels. So I think that's one aspect of this. Do they change their pass rushing approach to contain him better? That'll be interesting to see. And then two, you're right about, you know, Auburn starting four on the defensive front. Uh, Echo and Derek Hall, the edge players, they can certainly generate pressure. And then on the inside, Colby Wood and Marcus Harris, even the big man, Jason Jones, the Oregon transfer, all those guys can generate pressure. There's no question about it. But against Penn State, They all disappeared. Against Mm -hmm. Penn State, there were five pressures from the team. Derrick Hall had zero, and Derrick Hall is one of the best players on this team. And so that was interesting. Then you saw Derrick Hall kind of take over at times last week against Missouri. So which one are you really going to get? But I'm with you, because if they cannot generate pressure and not contain uh, LSU's mobile quarterback, it's done. It's done, and LSU's going to end this one pretty early.
0: And Jaden Daniels has proven, especially against Mississippi State, that when he does get pressure, he will be on the move. Mississippi State wasn't able to stop Jaden Daniels' mobility. He rushed for almost 100 yards that game. But also you saw against Florida State that when Jaden Daniels was on the move, Florida State was able to stuff Jaden Daniels easily. And while he wanted to run, while he wanted to defer to the run, Florida State was stopping it. And that's what really kind of put a hitch in this, this LSU offense's consistency and kind of their, their mojo in that first game against Florida state. So I think that really comes down to it is if Auburn forces Jaden Daniels to throw the football, which he's not 100% comfortable doing exclusively. Right. I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup.
1: Yeah. I, I think probably Auburn's second most important player in this matchup. I think the first one is tank Bixby. You got to figure that out. The second one though, Caroline may be a guy that y'all are familiar with coy Moore, the, mm-hmm. the former yeah. LSU wide receiver. Going into the season, I thought, hey, I, I think Coymore is going to lead this team in receptions. I think he's going to lead this team in receiving yards. And he kind of took a back seat for the first few weeks, was finally given a legitimate shot last week, led the team in receiving. Really, his four catches were really the only like four semi explosive plays Auburn had on uh, offense. Um, but I think they're going to go to him more. He was named officially a starter earlier this week when Auburn put out their, uh, their, early week depth chart. And so you you mentioned LSU secondary being kind of the question mark. I wonder if that's kind of how they choose to, you know, use coy more in this one.
0: And while you're, you know, you're talking about the the Auburn wide receivers, I think an interesting matchup with that. While we talk about the LSU secondary is one key player that I'm going to be looking for is a player that I haven't seen yet as a player that you haven't seen yet, at least in an LSU uniform. And that's Joe Fouché. So, he was a a transfer from Arkansas. So, you know, some fans might be familiar with that name. He transfers into LSU. Some of his credits didn't transfer over. So, he was academically ineligible for the first four games. And this is a secondary that's been kind of depleted with injury. I know. It's so dumb. It's ridiculous. It's so stupid. Uh, but this is a, an LSU secondary that's been depleted with some injuries. Major Burns, uh, LSU starting safety, he's out for the foreseeable future with injury, um, at least the next three to six weeks with a neck thing, which is a little bit scary. Um, so Joe Fouché a great will be coming in. Major Burns, ma- Major Burns. Major a Burns. Great name though. Major Burns. What a you great name. I know incredible. first team all college football name team.
1: Yeah, Smoke Monday Super left, Monday. so they needed a new safety there. Smoke Major Monday
0: is a great one, you know, in that Smoke family. Cavassier Smoke, Unreal. another very good one. Unreal. Uh, but I, I'm going to be really interested to see how Joe Fouché comes in, how he settles into this defense. You know, his first game back, his first game in an LSU uniform, how yeah. is he able to take command of that secondary? How does he fill in in that safety position? Um, that'll be kind of an interesting thing to watch, again, against Moore.
1: Anything of note regarding LSU special teams? Yesterday we talked about mm-hmm. the question marks surrounding Auburn kicker Anders Carlson. Everybody's slowly realizing he's not his older brother, Daniel Carlson. Um, so th- there's some questions, it's to tough realization, it's, isn't it? It's tough. <laughs> it's totally tough, but you know, it, him coming back from injury, I'm sure has to do with some of it. And some of it's also, it's just, he, he's not as good as his brother was and that's okay. His brother was one of the best kickers in, um, sec football history. So, but some, like if this somehow comes to a field goal, which it might, cause I think both defenses are going to play really well on Saturday. Um, Can we rely on Anders Carlson? I I think that's a question that that LSU fans need be made aware of going into this one.
0: And what has been, I guess, the biggest issue with special teams as far as the the kicking game is concerned?
1: Uh, I would probably say lack of reliability kicking field goals um, with with Anders. I don't think, I think Auburn's done fine in like punt coverage and kickoff Uh coverage. Not a whole lot of explosiveness in the return game. Uh, Auburn hasn't popped one yet. Um, but I don't think they've been bad. I just don't think they've been great, you know?
0: Right. And I, on the topic of special teams, I think a lot of people haven't watched LSU, as I mentioned, since that Florida State game, which yep. was probably the most disgusting display of special teams I've ever seen in my life. Right. Um, and that's not an exaggeration. I mean, you got two muff punts, blocked field goal, blocked extra point, and they've been a lot of personnel changes yeah. Um, on special teams, Malik Neighbors, that player who dropped through, muffed those two punts. We have not seen him in punt returns, which is not a surprise.
1: Yeah, probably a good call. Probably a good, good
0: call there. Good call there. Yeah. Uh, but Brian Pullian special teams coordinator. But we've been seeing uh, Gregory Clayton return punts, and Jack Bash also return punts. And Jack Bash had, re- had a punt return to the end zone last week against New Mexico, which was called back for kind of a kind of a weak blindside block call. Um, but I think you'll probably see Jack Bash ret- be returning punts against Auburn. And that is a player that I feel so much more confident and comfortable in after feeling so defeated without special teams after week one. I think LSU's kind of made those, those necessary changes in special teams. But Damian Ramos, LSU's kicker, he's also been a little inconsistent. Had a miss field goal. Um, Last week against New Mexico, I believe it's a 38-yarder, so not something that's completely out of reach. So that's something that I'm also looking for as well as consistency on special teams and getting those what I call the gimmies. You know, you got to catch punts. You know, you got to kick those 35, 37, 38-yard field goals. Get the gimmies. Don't make it harder on yourself. And LSU special teams is getting better at that, but just not quite there.
1: Locked on Auburn, locked on LSU crossover. We continue in just a moment. We'll make our picks and predictions. On this locked-on crossover, Zach Blockerby, Caroline Fenton. All right, we mentioned uh, we mentioned that we both think LSU will cover that eight and a half point spread, courtesy of our friends at Bet Online. But how um, how do you see this one going? I, I think it's going to be close for the majority of the game, and I think late third quarter, throughout the fourth quarter, Auburn's defense is going to be tired from being on the field a ton, <laughs> and I think you start to see some chunk plays from LSU's offense. That's kind of what I'm predicting.
0: I think it's interesting that you say that because I view this game as what could turn out to be, if you watch the Tennessee Alabama game last year, for example, Tennessee kept it close with Alabama through three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, Alabama just pulled away. They scored like three or four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So it looked like a blowout in the end. But really, if you watch the process, it wasn't. I wouldn't be surprised if you start to see that kind of come to fruition in this LSU-Auburn game in the first half. No, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, you know, 10-7 LSU, if it's low Mm -hmm. scoring and if it's close. And I wouldn't be surprised to see LSU really pull away in the second half. We've seen LSU be a second half team. They, you know, they did it against Florida State. They came alive in that fourth quarter. We saw them against Mississippi State. Down at the half, they came back. They scored three touchdowns. They scored four times in seven possessions in the second half. LSU is a second-half team, and why that is, you know, I don't know, whether it's they defer to go up-tempo later on in the game, whether that's they just need a little bit of time to get acclimated to kind of build that chemistry. Um, but I do see this being a, a late – Half game or second half game for LSU. So I would predict 28-10 LSU. I was about to say
1: 27-10. So okay. yeah, we're we're in we're in the same um we're in the same mindset in this one. The only the, the X factor is Jordan Hare Stadium at night. I mean, yeah. and, and I hate it because it really doesn't have to do with any of the players that, that have been working their tail off. But to me, weird things happen at Jordan Hare Stadium at night. I, I think that's Auburn's biggest hope, if I'm being honest with you. That Jordan Hare voodoo, as people like to call it.
0: And I feel like Tiger Stadium has that same kind of of juju attached to it where whenever you come into Tiger Stadium at night, LSU fans feel like that is an inherent advantage because that's just how it is. And I think another element to that is this is LSU's first true road game because they had that game in New Orleans, which that's not a road game. Um, so right. this is their first true road game in an SEC environment in Jordan-Hare, which gets incredibly rowdy. And this is a young team and an experienced team and a team that's built up of a lot of transfer portal players that haven't been in those SEC environments. Starting quarterback for one. We saw Jaden Daniels kind of get a little bit anxious in that Mississippi State game in his first SEC opponent. So I wouldn't be surprised if LSU needs a little bit of time to get acclimated Maybe go to a silent cadence in this rowdy Jordan-Hare environment.
1: Caroline Fenton, where can all the Auburn folks listening and watching check out all of your stuff?
0: You can find me on Twitter at Caroline Fenton1. You can also find the podcast on Twitter at LockdownLSU. You can find LockdownLSU on whatever your preferred podcast platform is and on YouTube as well.
1: And I'm Zach Blackerby. You can follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby if you want the Auburn side of this Auburn-LSU matchup. And Locked on Auburn, available wherever you get your podcasts.